0: Hi, this is Chris. And this is John. Welcome to the second episode of the Nerdy Dadcast. So as you heard from the top, we have a new voice joining us here on the Dirty Dad cast. Again, that first episode, it was just me, and I went on every possible tangent known to humankind uh, as I meandered my way through the episode. And and, uh, John, he he listened to it, and uh, he felt that there was a requirement of me needing a life preserver of some sort. So he's joined me to, to, you know, keep me on track actually you know it was more along the lines of you
1: did so well so awesome that episode that i felt that i really needed to be a part of that so i mean i thought okay you know chris can do episode one but i'll take episode two and i'll get in there and we'll we'll rock this world
0: and you're too kind
1: john and uh yeah i have two kids one seven-year-old one five-year-old i have a seven year old boy a five-year-old girl a five-year-old as of saturday so uh as we're recording this two days from now it'll be my daughter's fifth
0: birthday that's awesome! Happy birthday! Yeah, five's a big one. It is. I mean, I, I I can't speak from experience. I have obviously a two and a half year old uh, who is going on uh, eighteen right now. Of but course. um, but yeah, no, five's definitely exciting—an exciting age because because you know, as far as as society is concerned, you're pretty much uh, independent at that point. You know,
1: where... <laughs> it's right. Yeah, you're just on your own. You know, you can go. You can do all the things that other people can do, take the bus, ride your bike, do whatever you're going to do and just, you know, live your life at five.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, that's how I sort of equate it. Because when you hit five, that's when you're no longer free for anything. Uh, Everything costs money because, again, you're independent. But, uh, you know, thank you for for joining me. Uh, We were talking about uh, the idea of the podcast over uh, uh, a couple uh, pints uh, a few weeks back. And I'm genuinely excited, you know, having you on board because we, you know, one, uh, sort of have... I would say very similar views but at the same time very you know divergent experiences plus you're the senior statesman when it comes to fatherhood as compared to me you've got you know technically seven years but when you have two kids i'm going to add that up and say you're going to have 12 years of experience i just get two and a half
1: 12 years combined experience i know i'm an old pro and not only that i've been doing this for the last five years since my daughter was born i do it full time so i mean full time's (laughs) got a at least uh you know cube that or something so probably you know 12 times 12 times 12 I, I don't know it's a lot of experience is what i'm getting at here
0: yeah and i mean we'll get into it uh you know in across a number of episodes but uh when when we talk about the term of being a 24 7 father i mean we both are but you really are right I, it's true yes you know it's but again, something we'll get into. And for those who are like, oh, they're talking about it. Trust me, you'll you'll find it <laughs> down the road. But this is our, our last uh, episode before uh, Christmas. I mean, it's the holiday season. And for those of you who might uh, might partake in, uh, in Christmas and the holidays, uh, there's probably a lot going on in your world. And I thought, you know, what better way to have the two of us connect but to sort of talk about that? And I, you know, for us... Christmas is in full swing uh, we are uh you know really starting to to pick things up in fact just this evening you know, behind the the scenes coverage here we're recording a few nights prior to this going live uh, we had uh, pictures with Santa tonight nice so is uh baby forest is
1: she the type that uh, likes pictures with Santa or is she the type that's scared you know of Santa so
0: she's not she's not scared of Santa at all she's actually you know, very excited by by Santa and the many Santas that she has seen. She is catching on that there seems to be multiple Santas and they look all a little bit different. She hasn't quite, you know, asked us to explain it, which is probably good because I actually don't know how I'd approach that. Is it Santa's right. is it You know, all the magic, what have you. But when it comes to getting pictures with Santa, it's all business. Like, I don't know if, if this sort of analogy will work, but... Uh, you know, like, you know how like sort of school photos were back in, I'd say like the fifties and sixties, it was more like, you know, your business profile shot, very serious you face. You get
1: dressed up, you put on a suit, you do all the things. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. And you know, you don't even crack a smile or even a smirk. That's that's baby four. she sits down Santa's lap. She gets that job done. And then, you know, she high fives Santa. She hugs him. Like she wants to do that. She did engage. And then and it's like in front of the camera. Okay, Santa business, put a game face on.
1: So uh, we've done one Santa photo total, and I we had our, our, our son out very early when he was little, and he was small enough, he could just put him in Santa's lap, and he was pretty friendly about it, and he, he liked that. But then after that, he had no interest in it for many, many years, and I mean, we weren't going to push that narrative, we weren't going to force him to do that, we weren't going to get those photos of the screaming kid on Santa's lap that everybody seems to enjoy so uh, yeah we have one now for recent years in recent times he sort of hams it up for the camera now and he's more aware of it all so we do have pictures from various events and our son and santa but at the same time my daughter would have nothing to do with it she's still kind of uh, scared of the whole idea
0: yeah and i you know i I do understand that. I mean, it's not something I can speak from first-hand experience, but I've I have had friends whose whose children, you know, had viewed it as a traumatizing experience. There's actually a a co coworker of mine, um, she shared this picture on on Facebook. Um, something we'll actually talk about in, the, in a few <laughs> the Yes, that, yes. You know, you know, sharing on social media, but she shared this picture on Facebook of her two kids, her her, her daughter and son. And, uh, if I recall correctly, the daughter is just out, you know, downright petrified trying to, you know, escape from Santa's cruel grasp. And because she's losing her mind, her, her son, who's still sort of a baby is like sitting there like, oh my God, what have you done to me? And, you know, I have seen that when I wasn't a parent. I kind of chuckled, like, oh yeah, I can I can totally get it. And even now as a parent, I started chuckling, but I have just this newfound appreciation. Like, wow, I could totally see how how scary this would be. Like, you know, you're abandoning me with this stranger who, you know, is talking to me funny and wanting to hold me. Like I you know, how traumatizing could that be? So I I guess where I'm going with this is I'm kinda of, happy that baby force you know essentially she views it as sort of like the business transaction and that might be what it is because she's like okay sit on the lap get my picture get some candy and that's all she's been talking about can i have my candy can i have my candy thankfully right she's forgotten that there was candy involved because i'd rather her not not have it but
1: it's an interesting thing i mean we never push the story we just sort of you know let it be we don't believe in lying to our children any Mm -hmm. degree so they're sort of that aspect to it and uh, so yeah we never pushed that story yet you know they get bombarded with it all the time society people commercials shows movies people on the bus people on the street they get it all the time so we sort of uh we have followed along with it well well neither denying or confirming it anywhere along the way
0: Mm -hmm. well and i you know it's hard to say. Like, I, I wouldn't say that we're we're forced on the issue at all. Like, it's just for us. It's more. I think the the magic that we see in her eyes, um, like. Essentially, a week from when you're listening to this, last weekend, Santa arrived in Steveston. And for those of you who are listening, I like what the heck is a Steveston. A small suburb of uh, the city of Vancouver. Uh, In fact, historically, it was the uh, home of the largest uh, fishing fleet in North America, the Pacific Fleet in Canada. Uh, It's not the case the long fisheries, just aren't what they uh, were in the uh, quote-unquote good old days. But when, (laughs) when Santa arrives in Steveston, he arrives by boat. And, and Santa, they, they play out. So, he doesn't just, you know, come in on the boat and hop off on the pier. No, they go all the way down Steaston Harbor and sort of make a lap to really build up the, you know, uh, the hype. And when when Baby Four saw Santa in this sort of red-hulled zodiac, like, her eyes went saucer. And, she, like, you know, this look of, like, oh, my goodness, like, anticipation and excitement. And that is that was invigorating like seeing her light up is something that i can't even it's hard to express in words which is sort of you know talked about a little bit in that last episode there's so many things that you can't really quantify um and you can barely qualify when it comes to describing but that's for me why i think you know and i sort of like that christmas has an effect but i also don't want her to you know, have it forced on her i don't want it to be you know complete commercial you know like the whole this is how you get gifts toys material things like that that's not what i want i want the experiences the magic moments
1: yeah i know absolutely that's sort of us as well um we want to stay away from we've really tried in this last year to redirect we've tried to redirect away from the presents, the presents, the presents, because mm-hmm. that's what you get. You run to people they are like, oh, were you, were you good this year, son? What, are, what you, are you getting for Christmas? You know, are you getting lots of presents, presents, presents? And we're trying to redirect away from that. We're saying, you know, mm-hmm. it's more about the experiences, the adventures, the things we can do together so we can use those as gifts and trying to sort of amp down the expectation for, you know, that whole load of Presents under the tree that you or I got when we were kids. You know, you you woke up Christmas morning and you saw that big pile there, and you know you played with them through the day, and then by the end of the day you might have one favorite. At this point, though, I bet you know if you look back, you can't think of any really really great presents you got. You might think of one or two, but your presents overall, it's like yeah, you know, it was a good dinner, but I don't,
0: yeah. So you know, I you mentioned I said oh you know, Nintendo Entertainment System when that console showed up under That's the Christmas tree. That's true. Okay, tree. I'll give you that. You know, that was a, that was essentially an entire Christmas holiday of me playing Super Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt, where I eventually got so pissed off at that damn dog.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Nintendo I did not get for Christmas, so that one, if I had, I could totally get that. I think maybe the Super Nintendo I got for Christmas, so yeah, I'll, um, I'll give you that one there.
0: Yeah, but uh, no, I, I I get you, and I think, you know, I, I won't deny that we, you know, are going to buy stuff for for baby for she will get stuff i would prefer that she not get so much stuff like there is um we have far too much stuff for her in fact yeah. uh there's i'm sure stuff that she's essentially grown out of that was given to her you know her first christmas that you know i i appreciate the the generosity of people but it's stuff Yeah. And that's another
1: interesting point. I mean, we went on a big trip with our kids this year, which again, we will talk about that in a future episode, traveling with kids. But um, this year we went on a trip and we went for eight weeks and we came back and we said, okay, each of you have a box, take that box into your room and put the things that you really want in that box. And each of my kids came back with three things in their box. That was it. They didn't need anything else before that so when you get to christmas then you have the whole concept of you know all of that stuff coming in and all of the family giving more and more stuff and stuff we don't need stuff they don't need stuff and so so yeah we're really trying to uh, push that uh, experience narrative now so that's our thing anyways
0: yeah. well so on on sort of that note the experience narrative i mean are there are there particular experiences that they might learn about over the course of the holiday season or that you're hoping to share with them or something that maybe you do um, or, or traditions that you're looking to, to, to carry forward or start possibly?
1: Yeah, I mean, we have a lot of local traditions now and it's sort of amping up more and more all the time. It's, uh, you know, we always do the Stanley Park Christmas train. We always do the Van mm-hmm. Dusen Festival of Lights. These are all things that are local to Vancouver and, uh, and it's very... We have there's a Norwegian Christmas party every year. We go to the Norwegian Christmas party at the Scandinavian House. So there are certain things that are very, very Christmas, and and other than that, we're evolving all the time. And um, you know, we get the total the calendars. The I mean, I have my beer calendar. They have a dice calendar this week, talking about you know Ooh, dice, geeky, geeky advent calendars. Like
0: are, are are we talking like you know the eight sided, twelve sided die? Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Okay. So
1: every day they open up the box and inside the box is a different dice. And at the end of the dot di- or different die, sorry. Die, and so yeah. at the, at the end of the whole process, everybody gets a full set of dice. So, uh, yeah, that's your geeky dad right there for you. And they love it. They've already picked out their, the ones that they want.
0: Well, that's awesome. Yeah. I also think it's awesome that you have a beer advent calendar. I
1: mean, <laughs> you you have to, I mean, that's the thing, right?
0: I, so I have, I have, I cons- have, considered getting one for a few years now and i have yet to actually execute um maybe now isn't the best of times uh this little background is i am on a uh, essentially i'll admit it, it's a weight loss journey it's more i just want to get you know uh, better health for for my one uh, ability to keep up with this uh, you know little bundle of energy that doesn't seem to ever slow down, uh, but two I also you know want to be around to experience everything with this bundle of energy right so absolutely I'm doing what I can to, to to get get healthy and that's not to suggest that a beer a day is going to throw me off but uh, <laughs> it's it, it's, it's a sliver beer well. a day yeah I
1: know. It's a gateway beer. It'll lead to more things or something, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: but on, on the topic of experiences, so that's actually something we've, you know, my wife and I have been talking about is you know like traditions that we sort of want to start. I mean, right now, um, you know, it's only been you know, two and a half years, so you know, our third Christmas will be happening. So far, um, you know, her her grandparents or my my in laws they they come down from the coast and and visit. Um, for the holiday. So that's really nice to have grandma and granddad here. She really likes that. And then, you know, my parents, her, her man and pop, they're local. So, you know, we make sure to, to stop by and visit them. Right. But the actual doing things. Um, it's, there's a, uh, we have a sort of get together secret Santa potluck with our prenatal class. All the, uh, most of the kids and parents from our prenatal class. There's really only one, one family that we've sort of lost track of. And then the pictures with Santa this year, I've actually decided that I'm going to do something a little bit different. So I've, I've taken, um, the last, essentially I, I, I'm not working another Friday this month. And, uh, on uh, one of the Fridays, I'm going to take her up to, to Gross mountain. I want to go see the, you know, the, the, go see the reindeer. On, Very cool. On Gross Mountain and that and and for those again, it's just a local uh schema, but they'd really sort of do this, you know, Christmas thing and then possibly, you know, do check out you know vendors. And we were talking just tonight uh with uh my parents about maybe going on the uh train to Stanley Park too. Like these are the things that I'd like her to 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 experience. I mean, I've already seen the her eyes light up with Santa coming in on a red hull zodiac. You know, and that's what it's about, is, right? And I
1: mean we've actually scaled back a little bit. I mean, we originally had it where every Christmas we're gonna go out to the tree farm and we're gonna cut down a tree. And Mm. we're gonna go and at the tree farm you could have hot chocolate and roast hot dogs on the fire. But we did that when uh, my son was about three the last time. And it was so cold and he was so miserable and we were forcing him through it. And by the end he was screaming and crying and upset. And we said, okay, no, that we will never do that again because you know, it's much easier to buy a tree at Ikea or anywhere else. And sure. I mean, just to be clear, we're not being sponsored by Ikea yet, but um, when we are, we'll let you know.
0: Yeah. Totally open to the conversation.
1: Absolutely. Have the conversation. But, um, but yeah, so we're, we're scaling it back a little bit. We're putting a little more certain things that are annual, certain things that are warmer. And of course it depends on the weather. You never know what the weather's going to be here, here in Vancouver. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and that, you know, we live in the tropical part of Canada, right? Uh If we see snow, it's, it's amazing. It's essentially We snow run. Again. Ah, yeah. snow.
1: Um,
0: so I've actually, I, I, we, we've never considered doing the, the live tree. I mean, we, the condo that we live in is quite restrictive on the use of, of live trees. You essentially have to have it hermetically sealed to bring it into the building and okay. and what have you. So we, we have, um. The reusable tree that we got uh, from I don't know wherever after Christmas, it was like you know these middle of January purchases where yeah you know, it's a phenomenal tree. If they had held on it on it for a year, they could have sold it for a full price, and we got it for like pennies on the dollar. Sweet. But when I was a kid, we actually went to a tree farm here in uh, just actually in Steeston again. And, uh, we did it a few times and I enjoyed the experience, but it would just be pouring rain, you know, and it was like so cold. You'd be like, why is it not snowing? Um, but it's not, and you'd be drenched and while, you know, the hot chocolate was nice, you know, not being able to like, you know, use your fingers for an hour afterward, just Mm -hmm. don't want to do this. So,
1: yeah, we experienced that and said, no, that's enough of that. No more of that one. So we cut that one out of our, out of our traditions.
0: Mm-hmm. I think, you know, we, we might do that at some point if the opportunity were to to arise. But yeah, we're we're both blessed and cursed being on the West Coast because I think, you know, to use the uh, National Lampoons Christmas vacation, you know, going and, you know, finding the perfect tree experience, there's not a possibility here. Same with like sledding down a hill. Like here in Richmond, the idea of sledding down the hill is you go to the overpass by the airport and slide down and hope you don't slide onto like the road <laughs> out to the airport. <laughs> you you've got at least some hills to go to where you where you live, but where I live, yeah. So uh, so sledding
1: in our neighborhood is quite the experience. I mean we live a few blocks from the beach we have palm trees at the beach so when it happens to snow and it doesn't happen to snow every year i mean we get it maybe every every second year the kids love it when it happens but we walk down the street the whole neighborhood goes very quickly and basically we go sledding at the beach which uh which might seem a little strange but you know that's where the good hills are in our neighborhood so it's the hill from the road down to the beach a really good buildup of snow there and you just go and you uh and yeah you do sledding with palm trees around you which is a totally
0: normal thing right oh yeah totally I and mean, it's where where else would you go sledding if there were no palm trees around i mean that's absolutely that's right again we're in the tropical part of canada that's it's <laughs> totally legit balmy balmy vancouver yeah The other thing that, uh, you know, I wanted to to touch on sort of with the, the holidays itself is, is just the, the idea of of how Christmas is, you know, so ingrained, and maybe it's a societal thing, but so ingrained in everything you do. Like you alluded to it earlier, you know, like, uh, you know, the kids pick up on it everywhere they go. It's people talking to them, stores, if they happen to have a television on, it's on the radio. I mean, we have our Christmas radio station. It's kicked on, uh, you know, 24-7 Christmas music since, I guess it would have been late November. But, uh, it, it, it's hard to avoid
1: it is absolutely
0: and i mean you you have quite a few more years of experience i mean it has is it never sort of have there ever been questions from from either of your kids of you know like about what's this mean or why is that that like i mean baby force is still having you know she's just amazed like she likes the light she likes the things that she sees but that's that's sort of what she's interpreting, sort of at this sort of base level. It's not like, oh, you know, why is there multiple Santas? Or, you know, why does this Santa not have reindeer? Or why is this person out there, you know, like the Salvation Army kettles? You know, she hasn't asked anything about that. But I'm just curious, right? Like, you know, have either of yours started asking questions or, you know, interpreting the holidays a little bit differently? So we're sort of at the other end of that now. It seems like um,
1: we're more on the edge of questioning the holidays and questioning the concept itself. Where suddenly, my—I mean, like I said earlier, you know, we we don't believe at all in lying to our kids on any question. So if they ask us a question, we are going to answer that question. Now to paraphrase that, I mean, we we had it last year where my son, very very logical, he he came up and said, "Well, you know, Dad, I don't I don't think there's a Santa." And it was a it was a wrong time, it was a wrong place, it was we were out in public somewhere, it wasn't time for that conversation. So I sort of brushed it off and said, Okay, uh, yeah, we'll talk about that later. And I didn't that year. So, you know, we avoided it. And like I say, if he asked the question, that is something we'll we'll talk about. Now this year he's more he's questioning that as well. It's sort of along the lines of, you know, he, he thinks about it very logically. He says, you know, I don't think I don't think Santa could go to that many houses in one night. I, I don't miss, I don't think there's a Santa. Mm. But again, he doesn't ask straight out. He's just putting his little theories out. And eventually he'll ask the question and we will talk about it at that point. My daughter as well, she's only, you know, she's four, but she's a very logical four. So suddenly she came to me the other day and said, you know, Dada, I don't think there's a Santa. I said, well, why not? Why not, dear? And she said, well, because magic isn't real, and Santa's magic, so Santa can't be real. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're getting right now. And I mean, it's, again, that's having the two kids, having the younger one playing off the older one, and uh, it's it's the training also as well. Though it's the whole concept of okay, you don't have to believe that, obviously, but you know, make sure you're not saying that too loud and wrecking other kids' beliefs in mm-hmm. this in this subject. So that's sort of where we're at with the whole process right now. And and it's very it's yeah it's it's, it's interesting. It's changing.
0: Yeah, you know, it is, It. I didn't even think it's sort of the dynamic there is that you do have, you know, two different critical thinkers, but one who has been able to critically think about things a little bit longer. Like I, I, I would wonder how that dynamic would work. Like I, I, growing up, I was the oldest of three. My sister was two right. years younger. My brother was seven years younger. And at no point in time, having figured out that, uh, you know, Santa may or may not be real did I ever think to go and raise doubt with my sister or my brother? Like, you know, I just, it never occurred to me that I needed to go and do that. And I actually think, you know, with the, especially with my younger brother, because there was such an age gap, um, I kind of, you know, I enjoyed that he was happy with, with the idea of of Christmas.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's the whole same thing that we're going through right now. It's like, it's the wonder in their eyes. It's the, Mm -hmm. it's the fact that they still believe and the fact that, yeah, it's a, it's an experience for them. So, so yeah. Yeah.
0: The, the other thing that you raised that sort of, you know, got me thinking is, you know, the impact of their, their ability to start breaking things down and how it might affect, you know, those around them. And I, I, I'll, I'll share a story with my, my oldest nephew. Um, one of his friends, uh, broke the news to him. a play date. It might've been around the holidays or just after the holidays. Santa's not real. So he's like, no, 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 Santa's totally real. And here are all the reasons why. And, and, uh, my sister, you know, she not only sort of, you know, facilitated the idea that, you know, Santa's real. And, uh, she also had, um, uh, can't remember what the elf's name was, but Elf on a Shelf, which I personally, um, there, that Elf on the Shelf will not show up here. I don't need a, a, (laughs) an imaginary narc ratting out my daughter, um, as a mechanism for, for, for discipline and good behavior, but
1: yeah, there's not a good message there. I mean, we had one of those very briefly, someone gifted it to us uh, and somehow it, it appeared very quickly out of our apartment and into our building's common room. And that's sort mm-hmm. of where it stayed for a while until it creeped somebody out there and then it moved on as well. So yeah, we yeah. don't do yelp on a shelf.
0: Yeah. But uh, he, he comes home from uh, his friend's place and he is just gutted. Like he has now come to the realization, whether it be through logic, um, simple believability, whatever it happened to be. His friend has told him Santa is fake. And he is absolutely gutted. Why is he gutted? It's not that Santa's fake. It's not because um, he has belie- been believing in a liar that he felt shame. I mean, they, there may have been some um, I, I, semblance of, 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 of feeling associated with that. He was more upset that my my sister had lied to him. I can't believe my mom had lied to me. Yeah. That was, and that's... that was the part that, that had, had driven them nuts and my hope. And like, you know, I, I am we haven't had the questions and I'm not gonna, you know, lie to to my daughter. I think I would take the similar approach is sort of throwing the question back. Like, you know, reason with me. I mean, like, I sort of do it already. She and I have interesting conversations. People are like, I can't believe you're talking to a two-year-old that way. I'm like, why not? I mean, if, you know, this is, I talked to her today like this and, and I'm, you know, fair and whatnot, and she starts to converse back. I mean, and she's better for it. It's, it's the critical thinking, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we never talk
1: down to our children. We still don't talk down to our children. We talk to them like they are, like they are humans, like us. <laughs> so yeah, on that basis, I mean, we we just went with it and there's sort of, it's it's an interesting thing because, you know, the era we grew up in, the eighties in general, you know, there's mm-hmm. not a lot of data. There's not a lot of, you know, you, you don't know if kids, a lot of kids got really upset because their parents were lying to them. But with the advent of the internet, you can have a lot more critical evidence of that. People write stories, people tell, you know, my kid was really traumatized by this. So that was something that we looked at. We were very, you know, from the beginning we want to be very honest with our kids. So we don't want to break that trust. So rather than, yeah, maybe it goes and maybe it's normal and maybe it's like you or me where when we found out the news, it was like, oh, okay, that's a thing. Or maybe they get incredibly upset like like your, your example did. So yeah. yeah, we just didn't want to take that chance. We just wanted to play it and go with it. And when they question us, when they ask us on it, then we'll say, okay, yeah, here's here's what here's why. Here's what the story is. So
0: you know, let's let's transition into something that's that's a little bit different. We'll take a quick break, but let's get a little bit nerdy. Sounds good, let's do it. As I talked about in the first episode, I've been all about the Hearthstone Battlegrounds. I don't know what it is about this game. Uh, that I enjoy so much like it it it, for all intents and purposes isn't the type of game I I would enjoy it's completely random and I know I said in the last episode it's what I like about it it is true it's just I I am you know I grew up on on sort of the the real-time simulation the strategy style games like I like the the game that challenges me to think that I have some control um, the ability to to use my brain power because I've never been Uh, fast enough to keep up with them kids, (laughs) but yet a game here that, I mean, it's basic, it's simple, that requires very little thought outside of, you know, the hope of what's going to happen next. It's just a good way to pass the time. And maybe that's all it is, is just a good way to pass the time. It's, it's, it's the simplicity of it. But uh, I mean, what do you, what do you, have you been up to in your gaming hours? I know you are a gamer. Um, I am. Yes. You're, I would suggest you are a much more well-rounded gamer than I. Um, you think so. Oh, I think so. I mean, heck, maybe. Um, yeah. I saw, I, we were, okay, we're, we're recording this podcast and we sat, we had video here and the number of board games that I saw behind you, <laughs> and, so, you, know, yeah, uh, you... the big ones, settlers of Catan's out there. I mean, these are, this
1: you made that's... that point last time that you're a you're a video gamer and not a board gamer now certainly in my house we are more board gamers these days there are currently hundreds of board games around me
0: mm-hmm. i
1: think actually the, the official count is like 162 or something something kind of ridiculous you point out so there's a catan because you did see it right behind me that's when we haven't actually played in many many years because it seems to be the the very basic game these days where a lot of people are like okay we're gonna go game we're gonna play Catan." there's so much more evolution since then that uh now we play so many other things and i couldn't convince my wife to play Catan if i tried so it's a sort of a, it's a well-rounded thing you're absolutely right i'm both a video gamer and a board gamer so and my video game history i mean not to give away my age or anything, but, you know, I started playing video games when the Atari 2600 was a thing. Mm-hmm. We went to video stores, which were, used to be a thing as well, and rented the Atari 2600 and brought it home. And that was a big thing when I was a kid. I remember that and I got my first NES and yeah, then the rest is all history. So, so lately, I mean, we've been talking, we've mentioned Nintendo several times um, with the kids my son is huge into it right now my daughter is as well and uh they like playing super mario maker and they've been playing Link's awakening so they're playing some mm. current current uh, nintendo games for me yeah. personally i've sort of gone kind of kind of not not retro but uh sort of older games now i've suddenly gotten back into batman arkham asylum which was sort of my well, reason that's... for buying a playstation 3 in the first place i, I wanted yeah. to buy that game that was my first I was a Nintendo fanboy. The first PlayStation I bought was a PlayStation 3. At the time, I had to convince my wife. I said, "You know, look, this is the best Blu-ray player around for the money." And she went with that <laughs> argument, which which works for me. Now, again, yeah. in this day and age, having a Blu-ray player doesn't really matter anymore, but no that's why we did it. So anyways, uh, yeah, I find uh, late at night when I need some alone time and I need to go punch Batman villains, that's sort of what I've been doing. So uh, I've been playing through the remastered version of Batman Arkham Asylum and now Batman Arkham City. And I never actually played the third one. So that was sort of what got me into this in the whole place. In the first place, I was like, you know, I should play the third game. So I went back and played the first two. Yeah. And yeah, I'm just getting into the third one, and it's, great. it's a great tension release. You just go and you punch Batman villains, and you know that that works for me.
0: I so I I never got in. So uh, essentially, the Batman titles. I mean, Arkham Sound, though I I've, I've read really good things. I it I was I was investing far too much time into to FPS you know the battlefields the call of duties even though i was never any good at them i like the story component like i was actually just talking recently with a a friend of mine that uh, one of the reasons why i picked up the more recent call of duty uh was because i had actually heard that the the first part well the you know single player story mode is is actually sort of getting back to its roots and one of the most compelling stories that i've played in in that style of game was the original call of duty modern warfare Uh, or Modern Warfare 2, I think. No, it would have been Modern Warfare. Um, And then uh, the other one was uh, Battlefield Bad Company, also a good story. But that's the style that I like. Um, As far as retro is concerned, though, you mentioned that your kids are playing Link's Awakening. I mean, that's kind of retro.
1: It is very retro. It's an interesting one because I wasn't a Game Boy guy. I never had a Game Boy myself. I never played mm -hmm. the original Link's Awakening. So... When that came out, when they were redoing it, I was like, yeah, obviously I have to buy that. And I've also, I have this weakness and it's, again, it goes to the geek dad thing where anytime Nintendo puts out something in gold, I have to buy it. Mm. So I bought, you know, gold, Wiimotes with the Wii. I bought a gold 3DS, yeah. anything they put in gold out, I have to buy that. So, mm. so sort of the Zelda fanboy in me does that every single time. Yeah. So yeah, Nintendo can take my money as long as they print something gold.
0: <laughs> the, the, uh, golden copy of legend of zelda any chance you ever had that in your hot hands oh absolutely when i when i first bought my
1: nintendo and this Mm -hmm. is you know back in the day i went and i went to toys and wheels i think was a store back then they actually still existed and yeah i got my nintendo entertainment system with super mario no duck hunt at that point and i got the legend of zelda the original one so so yeah and back in those days i mean that one and zelda 2 they were games that, you know, you could play, and I had the attention span, and I could get stuck on a part, and I could play that part for the next six months. Oh, yeah. And finally, well, after I, six months, I'd
0: figure it out. Or you would call, like, the Nintendo, the Nintendo hotline, you know, yes. hotline or whatever. <laughs> talk we were to one poor, of the game advisors. Do that, but, yeah, so now
1: it's, you know, I get stuck for ten minutes, and I'm like, no, I'll look that up on the internet, because I don't have the lifetime to do that anymore. But uh, But, yeah, that used to be a thing.
0: We'll have to actually. You know, I think we're going to have to dedicate an episode to how tough, you know, solving some of the video game puzzles were back in in our era. Like now, you're right, kids just <laughs> Google it, and that takes the challenge over. But yeah, Zelda. And you know, how long did it take for you to, to actually, you know, overcome some of the puzzles in the in the OG Zelda? Zelda Two, I think, kind of simplified it a little bit. Zelda 2 was actually the one I got stuck on for
1: six months. I remember there was oh, one yeah. thing and I couldn't figure it out. And I kept playing and playing and playing and when I finally figured it out. Man, I felt like I was a I was a dumb kid. But uh, but yeah, I did figure it out. But yeah, now we have the internet, now we don't have to do that anymore.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, oh geez. Like Final Fantasy. When I started getting into the Final Fantasy series, like that became like that was what was open world back then. Now that's like a a level in in today's era of games. But like, I remember playing final fantasy seven or not final fantasy, final fantasy two, as we knew it in North America. And, uh, I, gosh, the number of hours I put into that game, um, final fantasy seven, um, on, on the PlayStation is another title. I put in a ton of hours too, as well.
1: Yeah. And I gotta say just on the parenting and video games thing, I find these days, The Nintendo games where I can just switch them off and pick it back up and be exactly where I was is very convenient for me. And it's very sort of the way I have to game now, because, you know, Mm. I found I was playing, I was playing for instance, Red Dead Redemption 2. Mm. And it's very story driven. You have to remember where you are. You have to remember what's happening. And I would turn it on and I would chase a rabbit and I'd say, oh, look, there's a bunny. And I'd go and I'd chase the bunny for half an hour and then I had to turn it off. And I'd come back a week or two later, and I'd go back and I'd chase the bunny again. The bunny would pop up, and I'd just run, and I'd be trying to shoot this bunny. And so I spent probably, you know, <laughs> eight or ten hours chasing bunnies through the highlands of Red Dead Redemption 2, which, you know, it's probably not the best gameplay experience, but you get lost in it very quickly. So if you can turn it off, you can be in exactly the same place you are. It's very
0: convenient. Definitely. Well... As we wrap up our, our second episode of the Nerdy Dad cast here, I think this one, we had a little more structure around it, and I, I, I would have to say it has everything to do with you joining me. I mean, again, uh, I'm not left to my own devices where I like the sound of my own voice and just continue talking to propagate that sensation. Um, it's a fine house. Nice. Yeah, we did have to overcome a few technical challenges throughout uh, yes, this Yes, we'll work on that. You know, I mean, it's the, the problem when, uh, you know, the holiday season streaming is taking place around the uh, metropolitan area of Vancouver. Uh, you know, the internet can sometimes be problematic, but uh, we'll, we'll work that out. Uh, but as far as those of you who have rated it to this point, my hope is, is that you will click that magical subscribe button in whichever app that you're listening to our podcast from. Now, if you happen to be playing this online, because you're actually uh, on um you know search for us we're apple Podcasts, spotify google podcasts uh stitcher heck we might even be an iHeartRadio, radio and we're pretty much everywhere so whichever you know podcast platform or directory you're using you know click that subscribe button uh and then as well if you want to follow us on uh on social media we're nerdy dad cast on twitter we're facebook.com nerdy dad cast um not a lot of content. I would not suggest you go and follow there to stay up to date on all the greatest things that we can share with you. In the <laughs> world. But, uh, it's definitely something that uh, we'll use to, to share sort of future episodes and we are going to continue to record. You'll see us come every two weeks. Uh, so if you do subscribe, you'll never miss a future episode. We've got one more in 2019. Episode three, not exactly sure what we'll talk about yet to uh, John and I'll have to, to figure that out. Pull some ideas out of a hat. Uh, It'll be New and, Year's
1: uh, and drinking and you know, we'll be, we'll be sloshed or something.
0: That's right. <laughs> it's, it's two and a half too early to give your daughter a swing. Uh, you know, I'll answer all those, those are very important questions, but absolutely genuinely excited as we go into 2020. What, uh, We'll be be with the podcast. Uh, The last thing I will mention, I did catch wind that uh, we may already have a five-star review on the U.S. iTunes uh, or Apple Podcast Store. Because Apple has decided that iTunes no longer does podcasts. It's its own platform. But uh, I will make this pledge. If you happen to leave us a review, I will read it verbatim. It's the easiest way to get a claim to fame. And have your name heard on a podcast. Leave a, It could be a good review. It could be like five out of five stars. These guys are phenomenal. Um, best dads ever. It could be a horrible review. It could be one out of five stars. That John guy, he's top-notch. But Chris is a complete idiot. I will say that. I just did. I can be bought. I'm sh- I don't know, no Shane. <laughs> he also has no feelings. So, you know, you can say anything. That's right. They're, that heart does not exist. It is just a lump of coal. In fact... Uh, Baby Force reminded me that she had the meanest daddy in the world just today because I decided she could not go into the toy store in the mall to show me that one thing. So instead of good
1: wondering. cop, bad cop, we have good dad, bad dad.
0: Pretty much, yeah. Okay. You know, and we'll talk about you know how you know like uh, Chris is the 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 meanest daddy in the world because he counts to three. That's for a future episode. So any final words of wisdom for our, uh, you know, six, you know, listeners there's, I'm going to presume you, your wife, my wife, maybe our family, a couple friends.
1: Yeah, it's possible. I mean, we've had a couple likes on Facebook so far, so maybe, you know, we've got a couple friends that are listening and as Mm -hmm. of now, you know, enjoy the holidays, enjoy all of those experiences, enjoy your family. And that's really all I've got for wisdom at this point. That's what I'm going to be doing.
0: Cool. And I I second that, you know, if you have the opportunity, you know, connect with family, you know, hang out with your kids em- embrace the season for what is just the time to be together. Um, you know, pick up that phone, give your friends a call, give your family a call. Better yet, if you have an opportunity, you know, find some time to, to sit down over a pint, uh, over a cup of coffee, whatever it happened to be, or uh, maybe a glass of ice cold eggnog so I can live vicariously through you. I can assure you that this weight loss journey, if there is one thing I missed this holiday season, it's the ability to drink eggnog because, oh my goodness, is a glass of eggnog and an expensive investment when you're tracking those calories. So on behalf of John, myself, Chris, thank you for turning into the Nerdy Dadcast. Look forward to hearing from you at feedback at nerdydadcast.com. So the last thing I'll ask that you do, stay nerdy, my friends. <laughs>